Previously on D&D&D, you're in this tunnel. It opens up into this huge underground cave full of just plants like you'd never seen before. Giant mushrooms the size of trees and flowers that almost appear to be dancing. At the other end of this chamber, you see this huge wooden door made of the same black oak that the castle at Night's Pass and the tree of Gollumathir is made from. Welcome everybody, D and D and D. Say hi, fun people. Hi. hi, hi. Where we left off last time, you had just discovered a secret entrance behind a waterfall, and Koirim looked in pretty rough shape, and you had to leave him behind with Pete guarding him. We put a door over him and a door. That's true. <laughs> I think we should have put him out of his misery. Oh, oh. I don't, he's not gonna make it. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about <laughs> in the in between time. <laughs> we stabilized him, I think. That was how could you say that? He lost a foot. Doesn't right? have legs. No, oh, he he, he was calm like down, crushed. you guys. He got crushed a leg or two, maybe. Yeah, we probably should have snuffed him out right there then. No, I would have fought you. Marjorie has formed a, a, a significant bond. It appears with Quirum. Is it significant enough to carry him around for the rest of his life? What? Look <laughs> at me. Do you think I could carry a grown-ass elf man around? No. Well, then. But I'll carry the weight of responsibility. All right, that I'll good. do. We saw your naked body at the river. You, we, who knows? What, you could do everything with that body. Uh, uh, not what I was expecting uh, to hear. I love that we jumped right into it. We kept that over. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the D's in the podcast name. So let's have some dinner. I, I made salmon for everybody. No, he made yeah, a yeah, yeah. four-star Michelin plate. <laughs> I was going to say, let's of... redo that, Gressel, and, and say, like, I made a four-star salmon plate. Because that was arguably the best meal. There were meal. dollops of colored cauliflower just dipped around the plate. It was beautiful. It was Did Ramsey-esque. anyone think to take a picture of it? I took a picture. Oh, I good. Took a yes. picture. Yeah, it's. Oof, Let me put that in the show notes. Well, thank so you guys. Good. Yeah, thank you. Well, we didn't uh, say so it was good. good. We just said it oh, looked really it looked good. Really well, but it also tasted good. That's yeah, good. I hate asparagus, and I was down with this asparagus. Whoa. Have you always too, had asparagus you know? where it's like really like overcooked? It doesn't like yeah, crunch. It's like soft. Oh, that sucks. Have any vegetables soft? Asparagus has got to have a crunch. Yeah, I mean every vegetable has got to have a crunch. Yeah, I agree. Now we're all gonna have. Asparagus pee. I like That's it. That's the reason I, I like, like it. it too. Because then every time you pee, you're like, oh, I was healthy today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little health reminder. Yeah. yeah. You come home, your significant other is hanging out in the other room, going to the bathroom. Oh, Mike was healthy today. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Cool. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. Let's get right back in where we left off. You came down that hole that you discovered behind the elevator and found this corridor uh, with Elev- like. What? Elevator? Uh, not elevator. I don't know why I said elevator. We spelunked. <laughs> totally different things. Is your brain okay? Nope. <laughs> uh, no, the waterfall. There was a hole. You climbed down it. You are in this giant cavern behind the waterfall where the strange vines that you saw up top, they kind of mix with really old, huge stalactites hanging from the ceiling. Those are the top ones, right? Yeah, because they cling tight to the ceiling. Great. There's... 
so many of these in this giant cavern and the vines are wrapping all around them and it's almost as if the plants are like fighting the rock for space. It's impressive, but it's very foreboding. The further you walk into the cavern, the less light there is from the path behind you. But suddenly one of the vines lights up in like a flash that travels down the path of this vine. So there's this bright purple light that flashes along like a lightning bolt along the path of this vine and then it disappears behind a crevice. And every few seconds at irregular intervals, there's another burst of light. And some of these are purple, some are orange, some are pink, some are bright blues. And it's all these weird kind of crazy colors that are strobing this cavern as you walk through it. There's water dripping down from the ceiling, sometimes just like a light rain. This is from the river that you know to be above you that's creating the waterfall seeping through the rocks. And every so often there's like uh, many waterfalls in here that are filling small pools. It's very serene and, it, and it's, it's a bizarre kind of sight. The sounds are echoing through this huge chamber uh, as you're walking through it following this rough hewn path. And margarine, every time one of these light pulses goes, you feel a little tug on your feather cloak. Uh, I am wearing the feather cloak now. Okay, so Flack, so yeah. you feel this kind of like tug, not not anything specific, not like anybody's pulling on it, but almost as if you snag it on like a bush or something walking by you, but there's no bushes or anything nearby where you am are. Am I feeling this intermittently or when the lights every go off? Every time the lights or? go oh, off, okay. it's just, it's very slight. You almost can't even tell that it's there. Fletch, you feel a similar kind of feeling from your pack of like something kind of moving. But if you were to check your pack, nothing seems out of place. After walking for about 10 minutes, you hear a faint boom from the other side of the far wall of the cavern and the sound of rocks tumbling follows, but it's very much in the distance. So you're walking through this cavern. Anybody want to do anything before I continue? Yeah, Marjorie puts her hands up to her new helmet that she got from Koirim. Oh, yeah. And tries to use it, squints real hard. All right, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the path, I'm assuming leading towards the destination where the booming happened. Mm-hmm. That. When you look down at the floor, you can kind of tell that this stone path was once much more well-kept. It's almost like those uh, night driving glasses where it highlights things. When you flip down the visor on the helm and you look at the path, you can see much more clearly the like outlines of the cobblestones, even the ones that are like worn down or broken. I can see the past in flashes, and Marjorie like, pulls her pants open and looks down. <laughs> Nothing happens. Damn it. <laughs> Last time we got into the cavern, there were a bunch of crazy plants, then we saw a door. Yeah, the door's at the far end. Oh, that's, that's still happen. there. Okay, okay. Never yeah, mind. But it's, Is that it's, where the lights are leading to? really far away. The lights are kind of all over. They're not oh. leading a specific place. Oh. But the path winds through this huge cavern, and there is a door at the other end. It's a good walk. You guys are walking for some time. So Marjorie can see that the cobblestone path used to be... Uh, more well kept. Yes. And I can see all of the stones very clearly. Yeah, like even the ones that are broken, or when you flip it down, you see that the stones almost as they should be, but it's kind of shadowy. And if you flip it up, you see what everybody else sees, which is like a broken, old, worn down pathway. What happens when you look at us? Well, I turn around and I look at Zabbis. When you look at Zabbis, you see Zabbis kind of as Zabbis is normally, but in your peripheral vision, you see different things. Behind Zabbis, when the lights flash by, and as it does, you can see a different landscape and a sky behind where the light is. The light creates this almost bubble of a window into a totally different place. And it just, it follows the light and goes away. <laughs> so I'm staring at Zabbis and I go, oh shit. <laughs> What do you see? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? No, not uh, behind you, Zebus. I think this place either didn't used to exist or I'm looking at a different version of it. I'm not sure yet. I don't know if it's in the past or if it's this like alternate reality bullshit, but it's nice. 
There's no rocks at this other this other place. I'm gonna call it the other place. Place number two. If you were to walk up to it, could you go through it? I don't think so. I think I can just see it with you my special it? eyes. This helm, by the way, is like way too big for Marjorie. Oh hell yeah. My helm. Yeah, it like definitely rattles around. Like you could probably get it over the pirate hat. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't choose to nope. do that. <laughs> Uh, guys, I'm feeling a little bit of a like a tingling feeling. I, I, there, Are you I know hungry? We just, I didn't. No, I, I, I know we just passed a bunch of orcs, but I've got a different kind of sense that there might be beasts. It sounds around. like you're hungry. Beasts. Beasts. What do you mean, like animals? Yeah, like big old beasts. Is that what you do? You. Uh... I can just sense those guys. I got that sensation. Just like throwing for, it out. Like there. for food. I, I guess we could cook it. Sure. I think I'm hungry. Do the elves see anything different than anyone else? Everybody except for Juno, basically, can see into the cavern regardless of whether or not there's a pulse of light. Juno can barely see unless there's one of these pulses. So, like, for Juno, it's like a echoey, musicless rave. It's just like, flash, flash, <laughs> flash, and it's a strobing thing happening. Every movement is jerky, and it's kind of a weird off-putting experience for Juno. For everybody else, because I think everybody else has dark vision, Mm -hmm. you have a much better sense of your surroundings, even though they are hazy when it's dark, and then you get this like flash of color, so you're like switching almost between black and white and color. But Juno, it's definitely disorienting for you. You probably don't want to walk in the front or the back, because you might get lost. (laughs) I'm right behind Fletch, staring at his back, trying not to lose my way. Okay. Can Marjorie see that door in the you, distance? Yeah, you all can see the door like in the distance, except for Juno, only when the light. What does pulled. she see with the helm activated? With the helm, you see that it has the silvery light inlays that you've seen in other like black oak magic doors and things in Night's Pass and at Galamathir. Marjorie keeps walking. And as you reach the far side, as you come up close to it, in addition to the big black door that you noticed from far back when the lights pulse you can see that there's carvings in the stone around it and there's this elaborate carved edifice of castle front almost in the stone it's like petra it's like the place in indiana jones and Civ. yeah <laughs> it's a real place yeah uh, <laughs> it's also a real place that exists <laughs> and carved into the pillars of this castle edifice are almost tapestry scenes a semi-primitive kind of story can't totally decipher it because it's like worn down but there's definite like human elf shaped sized creatures doing various kind of deeds there's a lot of nature imagery kind of stuff that seems similar to stuff that you've seen before is it wait is this all carved on the door or around it this is around it in the stone okay the door has the inlays that marjorie sees when she uh, oh i missed puts that. on I her helm getting coffee what but it's just the same kind of like silvery magic inlays that okay. you've seen before. But when you get up close to the door, you see that one side of this double door is kind of broken off the hinges. And part of it is there's this hole in it that's kind of been hacked through and slightly burned. Like the wood is older and much more run down than any other version of this black oak that you've seen before. It's not rotted, but it's dry and it looks kind of more brittle and it's definitely been broken through somehow. That's rude. They could have just knocked. I touch it. Nothing happens. Marjorie goes up to Fletch and is looking at like all of the engraved carvings of the humans and the elves. And she like puts her shoulder or her elbow into his side like, Ugh. What do you think that's all about? You know, it looks pretty sexy. You know what I'm saying? What? (laughs) What are you talking about? I just thought I would take you under my wing 
and show you a little bit about uh, how, you know, humans and elves and elves and elves and humans and humans can interact. Wait, Happily. can that, is that cool? That's what half-elves are from. Yeah, you've oh. met a half-elf. And I don't know, when I squint my eyes and I look at these tapestries. Fletch. What's up? I'm, I'm not attracted to you, but, you know, you look good. Just FYI. Thanks, this is what? coming on. Wait, what is what? going on yeah, here? I kick the tire. <laughs> uh, when you kick it, the door shifts a little bit. It kind of widens the opening a, a little bit more. Wait, can we just kick this thing Let's open? Just kick it. Group yep. kick? Group kick. Okay, well, group kick. kick <laughs> Are you trying to like, kick it like, open? I guess. I yeah. All right, everybody make a strength check, I guess. Oh, shit, yeah. Four. 19. 10. 13. 7. 19. All right, you all, I hear your 19. Everybody, with James's 19, I'm going to average everybody or something and say that you're, everybody together kicking the door is successful in knocking it down to where it like falls. Flack, because you were first to kick it, you're probably closest. Roll a dexterity roll to get out of the way. <laughs> going to use my inspiration. I'm that? <laughs> it was that bad. Uh, the four. Okay. 20. Make sure you get rid of your inspiration. So you you dive out of the way and the, the old door kind of falls down. And now you can see past it into the room beyond, which is a short little corridor with stairs up on either side. And beyond the corridor, it opens up into a huge chamber that you can't quite see into but those with dark vision can kind of make out it opens up deeper beneath after the path and there's kind of shapes like big tall shapes out in the open expanse beyond but you can't quite see from where you are just yet what do you do margarine goes back to juno before any of this like after we knock the door over and she's like you know i was i wasn't like doing anything with with Fletch, I was just teasing him because he's got a crush. Oh, I, I yes. I, yeah. I know. Why did you tell him he was hot? Oh, I just, I, I, I overhear and I'm like, yeah, man. Why, <laughs> what was that all about? I thought you were talking to him about, about human elf relations. I wanted to reassure him that he's an attractive person. Like, to, oh, by human standards. We're elf standards, I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. By any standards. Look at the man. Hey, you're right. I don't remember what I rated him a couple episodes back, but <laughs> probably good. It's only getting higher, learning to dance, social skills. I kind of like side-eye them and kind of blush. I walk into the big chamber. (laughs) As Zappos walks in, there's another explosion, and now you can hear it much better. It's still still way in the distance. It doesn't affect- Zappos blew up. (laughs) No, no, no. no. It's way in the distance, but when you hear this explosion, you see this flash deeper into the cavern of a light, purple light that kind of flashes across the- you know, where it's coming from deep in the chamber. And there's this shadow that's cast on the far wall of the cavern. And you see kind of the shadow of a huge dead tree. And as the kind of light reaches your eyes coming down the cavern, you see this forest of giant dead black oak trees. Trees like the temple at Galumathir, these huge trees, but they're all dead. The Margin branches... reaches up and touches her helmet to, to try to see like that alternate view of the tree forest. Uh, World 2. What? World 2. Yeah. World 2. So, Marjorie, when you look, you get... Those says worlds. You get kind of this hazy view of what the trees should look like, which is much fuller and alive, and there are structures built into the branches that, for everybody else, look like ruins. They're barely together. Parts have fallen away. The bridges between the, each tree, some are broken, some are nothing more than ropes and planks, but you see... 
in kind of a hazy, static, almost semi-transparent way, like an overlay almost. You see this city in the trees as it should be. You don't see any people there, but you get the idea that this was once a much more thriving, or your perception is that this was once a much more thriving city. All right. I give World 2 report to the rest of the team. There's a path along the edge of the cavern wall, kind of, and there's a cliffside that goes down and you can't see the bottom. It just It's just following the trunks of these trees down to just darkness. But there's a path on either side that leads to a couple different bridges that go to different trees and the structures in between. And that's how it kind of connects down. Can I roll to see if I there's like any life here? Like if yeah. there's any creatures? Uh, let's do a nature check for that. 19. You can tell that there's still this the plant life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still these kind of vines, but they're less than the, in the previous chamber. And there are some points you see where there's dead ones, like ones that have kind of been broken away and they're they're shriveled and not connected to any others. And they're kind of hanging from some of these branches and they're hanging from the rocks on the sides. You notice that they're kind of clustered around big divots in the side of the cavern. Guys, what are we doing? I thought we were supposed to climb that or attack that tower, and now we're down here at another world. I think, it, honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think it's Koirim's fault for getting his legs crushed like that. Are we going to, like, a, a portal? That was what I was guessing, because in, like, the books I have, it was talking about how there's, like, another, like, dimension that is, like, basically this dimension, but, like, a mirror of it. Those like, worlds. Yeah, yeah. world too? Probably. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so but, our objective is to find World 2? Yeah, like how to get in there so that but we how... can then go to the beacon and then fix it. In World 2? Yes, where there's not orcs. But how is that right fix now, it there's... in World 1? I don't know. I guess there's only one way to find out. I thought the idea was, try. like Zabbos is saying, to go find the entrance with this eighth standing stone set, enter the portal, go and fix it, and then come out of it, out of World 2, and surprise the orcs with the beacon being restored, and then we, we, we take out those arcs real good. So your working theory is that by fixing something in World 2, it'll also correspond to fix no, He wants to pop necessarily. out someplace yeah. else. This is, another, oh. this is another entrance into World 2 so that we don't have to go and get attacked by orcs. And then theoretically... Like, like if, if... Oh, I have a metaphor. Ready? Sure. It's like a big old piece of fabric. And yeah. we're on one side of the fabric, we're a needle and a thread, right? And we're just like dicking around. And then we go through the fabric okay. onto the other side, world two. Yeah. And then we're dicking around, but we move like really far. And then, but we come back onto the top side, world, this world. Okay. But we're someplace else. And that's what we're doing. It, oh, Marjorie not... high fives herself. <laughs> <laughs> it might so, not work like that, but I, I, and I was willing to go and kill the orcs right now, but I, I'm deferring to the magic users. How well can you swim, Juno? But yeah, we can't get... Remember, the bridge is broken. We have like a dinky rowboat that I have. We wanted the eagle, but she's stuck. So there's like not a great way to get to the tower right now. We'd also have to climb it while being shot at by orcs. It's not going to happen. Sounds like a good time. So what I'm thinking is get to the tower through World 2 and then come out like at the begin because that's where you go in and out is those standing stones that sounds fun that's why i'm saying is like this is probably the hidden grove there's another like secret beacon in here we go in there we come out the other beacon that we want to fix and then we fix it and then we've like bypassed all the orcs and we get the fuck out of there all right let's find the path 
She saw a path earlier. Yeah, you can definitely see a path. You see that there are all of these trees are connected via bridges of different kinds. Less Google Maps, more Google Glass. God damn it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No one uses Google Glass. That's true. (laughs) Good. I'm so fucking glad we didn't. I forgot what that was. Does your amulet tell you anything? I also forget what oh, that yeah, amulet what's that does. Time? The dull stone in the amulet has now completely been overtaken by a color. And it's the longer you look at it, the more you see that it's like swirling and okay, it's like a water marbling bucket. Okay. And it's like different colors and they're like blooping up. It looks okay. really cool. Yeah. What color? Purples and oranges and pinks and stuff that you've been seeing a lot of. Could we mess with some more vines and those gems that we have. You got you can't reach any vines from where you are. And the vines that you do see are dead. Oh no, not vine. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. Hey everybody, Gressel here with a few quick mid-game announcements and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 21 of D&D&D. Be sure to follow us on social media at D&D&D or email us at D&D&D at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show. People like Kai at Chaos Walking on Twitter who says, I haven't listened to the newest D&D&D pod yet, but I have a big fat crush on Koyrim and I hope nothing bad ever happens to him. Well, I'm sorry, uh, Kai, for what happened to Koyrim. But he's not on screen dead, so... Hope springs eternal. And thanks to Ashley Laterante on Twitter, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, who says, just started listening to the podcast today on episode four and can't wait to see what happens. If Marjorie and Juno don't become a thing, I'm going to riot. And also, thanks for the podcast. I am now making mac and cheese at 8 a.m. Well, Ashley, I hope your mac and cheese turned out awesome. Uh, And there's no wrong time of day for mac and cheese. That's it for me. Let's get back to it. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You walk across broken down but still pretty sturdy footbridge to get into the first of these like ruined structures. And you can't really tell what this specific structure was used for, but there's like the ruins of a chimney. And Can I? I'll use my helmet. You get kind of blurry staticky visions that this was like a uh, small barracks house. There were like several Chill. bunks. And like a small kitchenette that soldiers would kind of use to man the gatehouse that you just went through. She does not tell anyone and keeps walking. Okay. Uh, so Marjorie is on her way to the next tree. Anybody else? Marjorie, I can't really follow. I can't, I can't see anything. It's really dark in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait. Oh. Where are those candles at? <laughs> Wait, did Marjorie have the candles? <laughs> the bone dice candles? Juno's trying to find his way over there <clears throat> in the dark. Oh, all right. I think it'd be a perception check. <gasps> it's a one. Now make a dexterity roll. Make a dexterity save. And before he does that, Marjorie lights a candle. Eight. Oh, God. With an eight, 
you stumble through the dark and trip and nearly fall off the edge of the cliff. Like all of you with dark vision see that Juno is reaching out trying to find his way. Trips over a rock, almost goes over the edge. Like his like torso is looking down into abyss. Oh shit, Marjorie like hikes back to him and helps him up. Okay. And gives him the candle. All right. So I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. I uh, got oh. I got pissy and that didn't help anyone. Oh, also you bang your head take. You can't do that. <laughs> No, because like, because like an eight, I didn't want you to fall to your death. But there has to be a penalty for yeah. me, for rolling a one. Yeah, there be consequences. Take two damage. Juno's like a walking liability. Yeah. Hey, uh, how many times have the rest of us been knocked unconscious? Zero. Zero. Actually, no, I might have. I might have been one. I think a couple of you but were. I feel like Juno <laughs> has like a punch card going. Yeah. <laughs> every adventure we go on, always getting knocked out, always going to kill himself somehow. <laughs> I thought I could walk in the dark, and I could not. <laughs> Juno puts Whoa. his hand on Marjorie's shoulder so he can, like, follow. You also have the candle now. Oh, well, maybe he can't see that well with the candle, so he's going to touch his shoulder anyway. It. So you guys are walking, and you're walking for a little while. If at any point any of you want to do anything, let me know, because this is kind of like you're exploring this cavern. So you're walking deeper into it. You're going kind of from bridge to bridge and trying to work your way deeper. Are there any, like, artifacts or sparkly? Like, if I was in a JRPG and walking through a landscape, do, do I spot anything that I could collect? Weirdly, you don't. Marjorie, especially as a rogue, you're aware of the fact that this place looks like picked clean, Mm -hmm. which you find strange. Something that looks this old and is this difficult to get to doesn't have like shit lying around. Can I do a perception check for my favorite enemies, the beast? Yes. Okay. It kind of like comes and goes. It's an irregular like wave of like there's something. No, there's not. There's something. No, there's not. As you guys are walking at these kind of irregular intervals, there's this boom and this flash. You're getting closer to this sound and the this event that you can't completely discern until you turn a corner and you see one of these explosions. A big chunk of like the cavern wall is blown away and these rocks fall away from it. And you see behind it, all of you can see what Marjorie saw in the first cavern when there was a light pulse, this kind of brief view into this other world. You see this very vibrant, almost rainforesty looking canopy of plant life as the rocks kind of fall away and it's just brief but it's there and then it goes away it's kind of filled back up by the rock and as these rocks fall you notice that they're falling into these large steam-powered contraptions that are being operated by stout figures about four and a half five feet tall you can hear now these gruff shouts of these workers you're about three trees away from them about 150 200 yards shitty job (laughs) <laughs> like putting rock. Spark another revolution. Do you think they had anything to do with what happened here? Was this place? I can't tell. Was it ransacked? Did did orcs invade, or did the people leave? I don't leave? think it was anything. Like I think it is something. Like I don't think Marjorie's helmet sees into the past. I think it sees like what another layer is, because that's what the Feywild is. Or what? Oh, you have reasoning for that. I was just gonna throw out a crazy idea. Like what if it was the future? Sure. Are the big booms in the rock falling, is that synchronized with the lights? The light comes from the kind of opening that these explosions create. 
it's almost as if there's sunlight coming through, like it's opening it up to the outside. But, but just you, for a moment. Just for a moment. You know cognitively, all of you, that you're inside of a mountain. It doesn't make any sense that there would be this kind of forest, but that's kind of what you see, and it's really weird. Are there any um, of those figures that are isolated by themselves? Has anyone taken a pee break? There's only four of them. There's one that's like operating almost a steam shovel type looking contraption, but not as sophisticated, obviously, as a steam shovel. And there's one operating like a cannon that's shooting a projectile that's causing these explosions. And then there's two that are collecting what the steam shovel type thing is gathering from the fall so they're all kind of working but none of them are off doing nothing so wait are they constantly trying to like blow a hole in the wall and it just keeps refilling they're gathering what is falling from the explosion but you said stuff moves back to place right the like wall fills in oh yeah it doesn't okay it's this is not like out suspended and then comes back no it like fills in like like you saw the divots earlier in the wall when you looked for plant life and now the divots are kind of making sense are they collecting things from world two in world one here's what go get because in one of these books it says that well you know what is very no i'm very interested i'm very interested i'm sorry so it talks about these magical barriers in the sacred groves and the groves are built where the border between the material world and the world of the fairies is thin. And it says, like, the standing stones erected by the early druids focused and harnessed the energy that would float between these thin spots. And this transfer of magic has caused a spill into the material world of some fae plant life. So I'm thinking this has to be, like, one of those borders because that would explain all of, like, the vines and stuff. How far away are these... Others? A football field and a half. We just go over there. Yeah. Hey, you guys trying wait, to get wait, in the world no. too? This echoes. Oh, God. They all kind of look over and... I wave at them. Marjorie starts waving too. They wave back. Oh, Friendlies? you know what? Good good move. Thanks. And they say, Who is that? It's Flack. <laughs> Who is Flack? Uh, I'm, I'm a... N- oh, what if they're bad? I don't think it's a coincidence that they're here. There's only four of them. Here, we'll come over there. That's a good idea. (laughs) Okay, hold on. And I walk over there. Okay, you walk over there and you see four dwarves. One in kind of the seat of this kind of like cannon. One in the seat of the shovel. And two going through the net, sorting things into bins. We didn't expect to see anyone down here. Oh, we we didn't expect to see anybody either. (laughs) <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> you appear to be some sort of adventurer types, which makes sense, given this very adventury setting that we're in. But we are just simple miners down from the dwarf city of Steelshank, higher in the mountains. You probably heard of the amazing mi- mineral mines uh, and markets of Steelshank. Oh, have I ever? Yeah, great minerals. The best. My name is Gorin, and I am a mineral merchant, uh, trying to make a name for myself, you could say, and I have discovered this amazing cavern with the choicest, just best gems you could ever imagine. And since you've come across us, you get the first pick of our bounty. And then he kind of like opens up a chest, and you see these magnificent, sparkling, kind of almost glowing rock-like things, like small, perfectly spherical stones. They almost look like avocado pits, but they're glowing these kind of magnificent colors. I rolled oh. to check for traps. 22. With a 22 sensing for traps, you see that there's like ammunition for this cannon nearby. Okay. 
the pile of which could potentially be dangerous, but is not a trap. Are these gems the same as the one in my amulet? It, it actually is pretty similar. Uh, okay. When you when you look at one and you look at the gem kind of closer, you see that it is kind of that gloopy, swirling thing. Can Marjorie see anything special with the helmet when she looks at the gems? Actually, when you look at the gems, they appear the same with helm and without helm. Cool. Are you mining World 2? World 2? Yeah, we see we got this helmet... <laughs> Uh, thing from our uh very badly injured friend who and this helmet lets us see uh well i never got to wear it exactly so margarine if we don't did, need to tell them everything uh, let me explain <laughs> we have this magic helmet that lets us see into magic helmet the fey world where i'm pretty sure it's where these rocks are coming from they're quite beautiful too do you by chance per chance see anything happen when you blow up a wall well, that's a crazy thing. Do you see the sunlight shine yeah. through? It's it's a pretty cool thing because, you know, we came down here through a mine shaft that we were digging for, you know, standard minerals uh, about a mile or so deeper into this cavern. But when we, you know, blew our charges, once we got into this cavern, we saw this kind of crazy reaction with the rock. When uh, he says blew our charges, I do the, the elbow thing to, to storm me again. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you po- poking me? The rocks that came from from these openings uh, had this really crazy, unique quality. And when we opened them up, we found these stones. And he snaps at one of his buddies over by the bin. And he's like, Tomp, bring one of those over here. Tomp the dwarf brings over one of these rocks that came out of the hole that they blew open into World 2. And as he brings it closer, you see that it's not a rock at all. It's some kind of fruit and when tom cuts it open with a dagger you see that it's the pit of this fruit that is these gems i take a piece of it and eat it oh whoa make a constitution saving throw 12 you throw up in your mouth a little (laughs) (laughs) it's not good (laughs) yeah you don't want to do that (laughs) so do these gems have any like magical properties to them well you know uh for the right price, you could find that out for yourself. Since you're my first customers, I could give you a pretty good deal, or I don't oh. know how attached you are to that magic helm, but maybe we can figure something out. That's Coiverm's helm! Yeah. <laughs> well, how much are you selling these for? I'm, I'm, my name's Fletch, by the way. Fletch, yeah. uh, good to meet you. Nice Go- to meet you. Gorin, remember Gorin, yeah. if you're in Steelshank, look Gorin. for my shop. Ew. Sure, sure. We all just introduce ourselves. Okay, everybody introduce. Uh, this is Zabus. Zabus is one who is known to the lizard people, and Zabus frees workers, and Zabus is a giver of bull strength. Let it be known. Yeah, who's your boss, Gorin? Well, hey, can we get back to the whole price <laughs> thing first? We gotta see how much <laughs> these things are. I also have an idea. Lizard following. He introduces the other two dwarves. There's Tomp, who you met, and Banquo and Craig. They're his crew, and he's his own boss. He's an entrepreneur trying to make it on his own. Gorin, you have not tried to sell these. You've not taken them out of here, gone far away, and looked at them there. No, once we found this place, we're making hay while the sun is shining, so to speak. Ah. Even though there's no sun. You, Juno, you get it. Juno whispers to Zabbos. Wait, so did, did that amulet look like a piece of shit rock when, you, when, it was, when we first got it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it absolutely did. But these guys, they're they in for some know. bad news. Oh, Don't tell them. I mean, I just break their hearts, but we'll, 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 we'll keep that in our back pocket. 
Oh, that sucks. Hey, Goran, do you think you could help us out here? Uh, you guys are pretty, pretty much just exploding the rocks periodically, right? Can I just... And Marjorie reaches into her pack and grabs a... Ooh, what do I have? What do I have? What do I have? I pull out the bell that I have in my in my backpack. Okay. In my satch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, next time you guys blow up a wall, I want to do an experiment. Okay. I want to toss this bell into the place where you did the blowing up, because I want to see if we can we can throw something into that other into world two. Would that would that interrupt what you guys are up to? I guess not. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be imposing. You I, guys have been so well, kind. I, I don't want Goran the dwarf to be known as one who opposes you know scientific study. Dwarves, as everyone knows are very progressive when it comes to technology and discovery. Mm. So, uh, you know, let's, yeah, let's do an experiment. Let's do an experiment. <laughs> Boys, you want to do an experiment? And everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like, angle their cannon to their, like, next point of mining. Goran kind of points, and he's like, we're going to shoot at that wall over there, so you're probably going to have to throw your bell pretty far to see if it gets in. Who's so got the best know. arm? Athletics Ooh, plus four. I got good athletics. I could, what's your... I have plus five athletics. I could. What if I fired a arrow through the hole? <gasps> With a rope attached to it? Oh no! I was just gonna just let people know on the other I side. Just wanted to, I just wanted coming. to try it first, and then we could make a plan. Because I don't. I'm scared to put a rope on the other side. Because then we have a connection, and that might get weird. I just want to know if we can do it in the first place. Yeah, let's try the bell. All yeah. right, Juno, you want to throw the bell? Oh sure, I'll try. I'll throw the bell. Ding ding, motherfucker! Oh, <laughs> and I toss okay. it to you. Okay. <laughs> All right, get ready, Judo. Uh, boys, fire in the hole. And then they shoot, and there's the explosion. And after the explosion, you see into World 2, the forest and canopy kind of fall away. World and 2 then, confirmed. And then the, <laughs> and the, uh, the rock starts to kind of... Immediately throw it. Okay, roll your athletics check. 20. 20. Okay, so with a 20, you throw, you heave the bell, and it jingle jangles all the way in a high arc toward the opening into World 2. We can hear uh, it. You can hear it sing its bell song, and you hear it ting one last time off the rock face, not into World 2. It's not closed <sighs> yet. It's still open, but it hits a, a barrier and falls, and you hear it jingle, jingle jangle, all the way down into the abyss until the sound fades. So to us, visually, it looks like it hits nothing. Right. And it falls. Yes. <gasps> Good experiment! Good thing we didn't throw a person, because I was already thinking Ooh. who could fit on the can the cannon thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. And we could launch them, but... You're the one who's supposed to be methodical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's efficient. <laughs> it's fast. Well, myth busted. Wait, did you want to get one of those, ding- those nice stones, Stormy? How much are you selling those stones for? Hey, Fletch. What's up? They, they may not be... Uh, roll a deception oh. to see if you're saying this quiet enough. Both of us? No, just Juno. Good, because I have zero deception. 14? Mm-hmm. Just let him have it. Yeah, okay. What's up? I don't I, I don't know if they're going to be shiny once we leave here, but this is good. Uh, you can toss them some money, because this might be a, a, a failed expedition for them. That's why I'm seeing like how much we can get for it, so we could just be friendly with them. Yeah, yeah. And we're, then, like, we're, we're buying their kindness. Yeah, why do yeah, we yeah. need their friendship? Uh, sorry, I'm here too now. <laughs> <laughs> we, may, we, we may need it down the line. Who knows? Meanwhile, they're I'm... all kind of back to work since they just blew up a new yeah hole. I'm just uh, we have we have a lot of money. I was just seeing if it was like he's gonna say like fifty gold. I'm like, all right, I'll pay fifty gold for that. 
That's kind of a rude impression. Yeah, I feel like if you said, yeah, whatever, man. Keep the topic at hand. I'm, so, in the books, it says stuff about this. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you scoff at my books? <laughs> I just scoffed at in the books. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff in here about like portals and spells, and I'm wondering if we need to recite a spell to go through here. There is a spell in here, but I don't know how much sense it makes for Ooh. this. Can we hear about the spell? It says... The penitent member of our most sacred order will humble himself before the mother moon. He or she will honor her first by opening him slash herself to the north as she does when she begins her journey across the sky. You know, I don't know if this is relevant. Margarine elbows fletch. Or she will raise both arms in exaltation to praise the light she gives us when full. This is to be followed by an opening to the south as she prepares to restart her journey. Oh, hell Finally, yeah. a deep reverent bow as she leaves us to begin the cycle anew. So will these rites be performed before entering into the service of the mother's moon and nature. I'm reading this aloud, by the way. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? It kind of sounds like a dance. Or doing it. Are you elbowing me every time there's some sort of sexual connection? <laughs> you didn't to... get that? I, I'm starting to understand. <laughs> Oh, Fletch. It's kind of funny. This is a very, like, menstrual, like, very (laughs) feminine, like, you know, like, Mother Moon. It's like the cycles. What are you trying to say, Zappas? I don't know. I'm just thinking about stuff. (laughs) 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 I'm just critically analyzing this text. Wait, didn't Gorn say that he was, like, a mile down as well? And that's where they discovered that they could blow up the wall? Yeah, he said that they came from, like, deeper into the... Who said that? Not like deeper underground. Like, oh, like, yeah. We should tell him not to go out because orcs. We should tell oh, him Oh, shit, that. yeah. Hey, Gorin. Yeah. Well, first off, where'd you come from? You came from the direction that we were traveling, right? No, we we, oh. we came from that way, and he points like the opposite way that you guys came from. Oh. Yeah, the way that we were headed, right? The way that you're headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If we kept going down there, wh- where would we wind up? Uh, Well, you'll find like our kind of big mine shaft that we kind of blew our way through to discover this cavern. We also found this like big door that we couldn't get open. We tried to blow our way through. We found another one in the direction you guys came from and we got that one open. Uh, we all okay. look at each other. But this one we couldn't get through. The 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 wood was was healthier and and we tried to hit it and our mm. our axes kind of clanged off of it. You think it goes up to like a tower or something? Who's to say? It it looked it looked uh you know, it didn't look anything special to me. It just looked like a big wooden door in a rock, but there's some weird shit happening here. And then he, he like, kind of opens up another chest, and it's full of, like, the kind of artifacty shit, Marjorie, that you expected to find. Oh, shit. But clearly they've been kind of pilfering it. And he's like, we found all this shit, and, and like, some of it, uh, I can tell, is made from, like, pretty nice metal, even though it's really old. Uh, I want to take it back home and restore it. Uh, also offer that in the shop. Remember that if you guys ever come up to Steel Shanks, there's something going on here and it looks pretty old. Maybe that door's part of it, but I'm I'm no scientist, even though I support it. And he, like, makes a point of that again. I don't know. So should we go find that door? Yeah. I'm so curious about it. As we're going, Juno kind of yells back, Hey, Gorin, don't go the way we came. There are orcs. Oh, shit. Also... Also a panther, don't be surprised. I just have concerns. Don't be surprised if those gems are worthless later. They might not look good in the light of day. Sorry. What are you talking about? These things look great now. And then you like. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) You sure you don't want to buy one? Like he's like still as you guys are leaving. He's like still trying to sell you on the gems. I turn around and yell back. How much? 200 gold. 
Okay, no thanks. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop by, though, at your store. He, like, throws you a business card, basically. But it's, like, made out of really nice metal. Bands of different metals. And the text is, like, inlaid gold. It's, like, really well-crafted. It's got his, like, name and address in Steel Shank. This I rolled year. a catch it, and it's a 19. Oh, great. Margin catches the business card. Puts it right in between her boobies. Great. Thanks, Gorn. You guys are walking down. It, same kind of deal. You're walking for a while. It's half hour or so of probably longer because you, you're walking on these kind of precarious bridges and stuff. So it's taking you some time. If at any point during your walk you want to do something, say so. Or do you just want to cut to the door? I haven't really heard anything about this crush, but but Fletch, you, you, trying, to, you trying to get sexy with an elf? Yeah, I am. Well, Fletch, I don't know if Flack has talked to you, but... <laughs> Amara? Amara, yeah. I like her. Well, I- I'm currently being a wingman to Flack <laughs> with Genevieve. He has a crush on her, so if you need any help, I could help. I might consult you. Cool. I- I- if I have any questions. Yeah, I was married once, so... We you were know. married once. Yeah, we talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's dead now. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> Really talk about this? It's been yeah. Are you asking is Chelsea or Zavis? Because I love the idea that Zavis doesn't remember. Oh yeah, no, she died horribly. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. Oh, you felt my emotions from a painting. Oh, I actually think <laughs> I have that painting still. Fletch, what makes your heart race for this elf? She's really pretty, and she seems really cool. That's special. It's been a while since I liked anybody. She might be the first girl I've liked. 200 years oh wow that's yeah. a, that's several lifetimes for me it's a or weird... a couple i don't know we'll see <laughs> hopefully you live longer than however old you are well it feels Holden? like it feels like gravy you know at this point since my family's dead well it also feels like a torture <laughs> I, but you, you know whenever is, is my time oh i'm in my 40s i'm yeah, like, late 40s yeah right i'm 45 beth has written 48 i'm 48 <laughs> <laughs> I want to turn to flack. Yes. Hey, so you know when I lent you my my feather cloak, <laughs> I kind of meant for that to be like a short term thing to make sure that you were safe when you're going down the the rope. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if maybe you could give that back to me. Yeah, but the thing is, see, I got this glove hat on, uh-huh. and then with the feather jacket, like I look like a chicken. It's true. It's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, I just figure, I don't know, we've kind of had this this ethos of, like, do what's fun, and, like, what's more fun than a chicken suit? Warm shoulders. Are you cold? Yeah, yeah, I'm cold. That's why I want it back. Oh, that's the problem? Yes. And we got an extra jacket? Motherfucker. I, like, just briefly rub uh, Margin's <laughs> shoulders. I'm like, here, better? Let's go. Let's move on to this door. God damn it. So you kind of weave your way through the dead forest and the structures in between and you find the door kind of similar to the one that you came from at the opposite end of the cavern it's a big wooden door with a kind of little stone antechamber carved right into the wall of the cave so you're now not on one of the like tree structures you are like on stone on the side of the wall of the cave and there's the door in front of you through like a little you know a a very short 10 foot corridor opening up to the door and it's more like the wood that you have seen before uh this looks healthy and magical and strong margarine if you look at it with your helm you can see that there's a pattern carved into it but it's not just the kind of swirling wooden pattern glowing silver like you've seen before this is like specific carvings and you notice that they kind of tell the story of a lunar cycle 
And everything is kind of laid out almost as if it's a tapestry woven into the wood with silver thread. Hey, Zabbis. Yeah. I think of all of us here, this door is the closest demonstration that we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to moon dance. Is it a marvelous night? Dance? For, I was about to say, it's a marvelous a night for a moon dance. <laughs> Van Morrison jokes for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D, her fingers grow like plants, like around and like encircle your head, and you suddenly feel this like rush of wind in your face and then you're in a void and you see across from you Amara and describe what you Fletch felt when you first saw her it was like waking up in in a brisk morning uh, and feeling like walking outside into the trees and smelling the most freshest air you've ever smelled before <laughs>